Hello, my spontaneous people. This is Shiny Boy here, and welcome to My Culture Mind. This is the show where I talk about anything in the world of modern culture for music, movies, TV, food, and all that stuff. And today, we're having another packed episode for y'all today. We're going to be talking about our usual spoiler discussions regarding House of the Dragon, Episode 3, She-Hulk, Episode 4, and also Rings of Power, Episode 3. But the main topic of today is Spider-Man No Way Home becoming number one at the box office, making $6 million approximately. Um, The numbers probably changed by now, but it has made over a bunch of money during this weekend and also i'm going to be talking about my initial thoughts regarding the film um the new version the fun version of the film talking about some of the extended scenes and some of the things that i liked and some things that i maybe changed like who knows but that will be all be discussed today but before i get started if you are new to the podcast thank you so much for listening today this podcast is available on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, anchor and wherever you can get your podcast so without further ado Let's start off with the catch-up. So for the catch-up, I feel, you know, pretty... It's hard to say. Um, I'm always conflicted what, like, I should be doing. And always I've been focusing on, like, like you know, the disciplines and stuff. Like, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research, whether whether some tactics are healthy for me so like you know it may be ta- uh healthy for some others but at the end of the day it has to be about my decision and why i wanted to do it and the reasons behind it for example like abstinence abstinence in certain you know activities that i thought were you know maybe unhealthy maybe not it's like this weird sort of thing where i'm I'm not so sure of where I'm supposed to go. Um, But there are some disciplines that I am like, you know, working on, of course, you know, working out, working out is something that I've been trying to find um, a sweet spot. The reason why working hard nowadays is has been difficult is because I don't know the good time to do so. Because of my work, um, they asked me to go to work at certain times, and it has been pretty tricky to um, make the commitment. Um, I've been that person who likes to work out every single day, but I know there is like always like, you know, strain on muscles, all that research, you need to have time to rest as well. So what I've been doing is the days that I am off or the days that I am free, I want to have like some sort of consistency time, a consistent time of when I should be doing my workouts. Um, when do I have the most energy and how uh, how to help me boost that energy so I can move forward instead of just debating what is right and what is wrong i'm always in my head instead of actually doing the activities that i want to do things that i want to do instead of just dwelling on the importance of something instead of actually doing like there was this moment uh before just a few minutes ago i was debating whether i was going to do the podcast today because i felt you know pretty tired and then i did some other activities that actually kind of boost my energy um, I cannot explain it. Um, I cannot explain it, but for some reason, I found the energy to do it, and that is because I cleared my head. I did 
what I needed to do. And the fact that I finished doing that, um, it's kind of like a meditation sort of thing. And clearing my head, I was able to get on it. And I was glad I, I did it. Now, some days are going to be like this. Some days are going to um, not be like it. But but the fact that I am doing it and and doing the activity that, you know, that keeps me busy and and fun. Um, so, yeah, it's like the mentality of like not really I have a job to do that I'm obligated for the podcast, but. I believe there is some sort of meaning towards doing the podcast and I don't want it to, I don't want to end it so quickly just because, um, you know, some ridiculous reason. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but, but overall I'm doing okay. Um, and I'm also in that mentality of I'm okay that I'm not okay. Like it, it's just a, it's just a meh day. You know, not every day is going to be happy or sad and exciting. Some days are just like, you know, maybe boring. And and sometimes that is life. That is life. Um, what I, I what I want to leave off with the catch up is there are going to be days. There are going to be days when things are pretty boring and not as fun or because you look on social media and and sometimes the you can consistently compare yourself to others and now you question what's the meaning of the things that you do every single day and why does everything seem so like routine-ish because that's life and don't worry that if your life isn't as exciting as you thought it would be it's okay that you are not going out as much it's okay like you know those moments will come but you shouldn't force yourself you shouldn't force yourself to put yourself in those situations um sometimes it'll come naturally sometimes it won't but but yeah just simply observe and try not to fix fix yourself in that sort of way just simply observe and just simply observing it recognizing it and and not forcing yourself so much that will make you feel like, you know, super, super uncomfortable and maybe unsafe. So that is the thing that we all have to, I think that all we should just take a step back and simply observe what or and look deep within ourselves, what makes us feel not just like, you know, comfortable, but safe as well. So all I can say is if you are living, you know, considered a boring life, then observe it. And don't force yourself so much of, you know, activity is going to make it extravagant or anything, but just find stuff, find some things that you love to do. And there's, uh, find some things that are, you know, that are meaningful to you, you know, that gives you purpose, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, it does. Just let it flow. You know, you don't have to force yourself, you know? So yeah, just stick to something. You know, find something that you love and, you know, keep at it. Anyways, uh, that is just all for the catch up. And now let's move on to the next topic. So this is going to be a spoiler discussion of House of the Dragon, episode three. Now, I want to make it clear. Once again, this is going to be spoiler talk, going to be spoiler talk of the episode and um, 
you know, if you have not watched the episode yet, go watch that first and then come back and listen to my thoughts about it if you want to. But, um, but yeah, I will say, um, for episode three, um, I will say this is not my favorite episode, but that doesn't deteriorate what we what I what we've seen. It is a good episode. It's just another good episode of House of the Dragon. For me, the second episode, because there was a lot of shock, you know, because of those shocking moments of uh, Viserys uh, taking Alicent as, you know, as his queen and to, you know, be his wife, that that was shocking. The betrayal it was those are the juicy stuff but also what i find funny I, I it was also a funny episode because it was cringy too there's just the cringe of like oh just like oh this uncomfortable talk with allison because she's under like you know she's young and he's old and um and also the oh my god lady lana oh my god that was <laughs> I, I still have all the 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 jeebers like it's just it's just felt weird like you know a 12 year old talking to <laughs> i i can't i can't but let's talk but let's focus on episode three episode three it was epic i it was an epic episode um even though it, it wasn't like my favorite episode it was very epic and it starts off with Dame, um, with Damon on his dragon, uh, Caraxes. I, I forgot uh, his name of his dragon, but oh my god! Like you know, just that war for two years. This is two years after, two years after the event of the announcement. And what I love about this is we're moving up the pace. We are moving up the pace. That's my criticisms regarding uh, Game of Thrones. Is like sometimes like. There is slow burns, and some episodes just feel very slow. But right now, we're just like you know, moving on, moving on, and seeing Damon on on his dragon burning the crab people, or like, yeah, I'm just calling them the crab people. I, <laughs> um, on the free city or whatever, and you get to see the the crab feeder as well, and it's like so gross, man. Um. I thought this was going to be the, um, how would I say, the, you know, like one of like the main, one of the main conflicts of this, of this whole season, but it's been handled already. It's been handled very, um, I was going to say very quickly, but even though it took two years, but it still felt pretty short. But what I like about it is we're not dwelling so much on like, here's this big threat this big threat um no it's just another war that damon wanted to win but he wanted to prove to his brother that he's rightfully that you know the heir or at least like if you're not gonna make me heir i'm gonna show you what i'm capable of and but uh, what i love about it and there was some moment there was a moment when um it's around the end of the episode when damon received a letter from King Viserys and King Viserys talked to Alicent about how they noticed that Damon and, and Corlys are losing. They're losing the war. They cannot handle these crab people. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling them the crab people. I'm sorry. But anyways, but anyways, it was, 
what I like about Allison's character is she gives Corliss some reason. As much as like how weird it is to see her already pregnant and already have uh, Aegon uh, Targaryen, not to confuse with with uh, with um, with Jon Snow, but like another kid named uh, Aegon. Um, but to see her give reason to Corliss and give him a peace of mind is is reassuring to find some strength and like and Viserys was just like. Oh, I'm gonna help my brother, and you know, for the protection of the realm too. Um, even though there might be some backlash, you know, and this is what Rhaenyra said in the beginning. That's another thing. That's another thing. Rhaenyra said this two years ago. We have dragons, dragon riders. They could sort this out very quickly. But it's all about the politics. They have not talked. Uh, there is the question of talk. But. But what I like about it is they had time. Um, But it always goes back to what they said in the beginning. And Rhaenyra said, we have dragons. Why not use it more? More and more. And um, even though. Damon had his dragon, but it wasn't enough. They were still losing even with one dragon. So, but Damon, because, and what I love about this scene, where he read the letter that Ms. Viserys is going to send more people, he was upset. He did not want to see himself as a loser. But if not for his aid from his brother, he wouldn't, you know, defeat the uh, the crab feeder at the end. So, so yeah, I, I just think that Matt Smith, he put his dedication to this role. Oh my God. Once again, I'm always going to mention this. He will always be fantastic as the doctor, the 11th doctor. And like till this day, he, his performance as the doctor is still my favorite uh, portrayal of Matt Smith, like, you know, of, of Matt Smith. He is just wonderful. But the, but him as Damon, and to see his, like, you know, the choreography, oh my god, the fight choreography that he did, taking down a lot of those crab people, it's just, like, wonderful, wonderful. Um, And also, and also, I think that um, just the brutality of it as well is just, uh, like, you know, like, I hate to say awesome a lot, but it was awesome. But enough of the whole, you know, war thing. Another thing that really stood out to me is seeing more Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, after two years, she just grew bitter. She just grew bitter. After this, you know, she still feels betrayed by Allison. You know, it was her best friend. And now she's technically her mother. And it's just so... You can tell that Allison is trying so hard to reconnect to her friend slash daughter now, but it's it's hard for her. And it's like it's it's like it felt like a you know a stab in the back. So what I like about it is her trying while also, you know, you know, maintaining her duties as the queen. Um, or at least like, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think it is very difficult on her part 
to, you know, tie the strings, you know. Um, but what I loved about Rhaenyra is because of her anger and, like, you know, solitude, you know, she just wants to be alone. She doesn't want to talk to people. I can relate to that. Uh, just, you know, just not care, you know, because of people change, people that you care about, people you care about, they, they, um, how would I say it? You know, people who, the more you care, the more you have to lose is something that um, I've heard from Harry Potter, but it is, it is true. And sometimes whether if losing that is like, you know, is that worth it? You know, you, you worry about it. And the fact that you, she was betrayed by her best friend, it was like, it, you don't know how to make amends after two years. You know, people can be bitter after two years and still be in the same state. And what I like about for Rhaenyra is, Rhaenyra, and she had every good reason. Now that, now that Aegon is born, oh... Like, she believed, because she hasn't been talking to her father, because she was so mad at him. Oh, I thought I was supposed to be, you know, queen. Like, she thought, I was like, I was supposed to be queen. You, I thought you trusted me. But, but the fact that, um, how would I say it? The fact that, like, you know, her son is born, like, you know, Viserys finally got the son, like, you know, he wanted, and then, then to hear Viserys talking to Alicent, because he wanted a son so much that he had to sacrifice his own wife, the one that he cared for so much, and it didn't feel any good at all, it didn't feel good at all, and, and he still, and he reassured um, Rhaenyra, like, like you know, during their talks, that I, like, you, you will never be replaced. He said that to Rhaenyra, you, you will never replace. I chose you because I trust you and I love you. That is, and I love Viserys's, you know, just trying to make her happy, and. And she just, I think he believes that there are certain duties that she needs to do in order to maintain some power and all that. But at the end of the day, he just wants her to be happy. And that's why she, she wanted to fix uh, her with, um, what's his name? Something Lannister. Uh, but anyways, but anyways, like she, you know, she didn't like that. She didn't like that. She, she wanted a life of her own. She wanted to have her own freedom and power. And that's why... Um, she was so upset when she heard that her father wanted to, uh, wanted her to meet a man, but like out, but not by her own choice. She just ran off. She took a horse and ran off. And then, um, what I love about her relationship with her and uh, Kristen Cole, I think I. A lot of people would say like, you know, oh, this is going to lead something. And trust me, like I, I, I do ship them. I think um, Kristen Cole represents the guy who is like, you know, who is not well known, but like, you know, he came on on top of some sorts, really. But there is still the respect. The reason why he owe his life to Rhaenyra is because he gave um, uh, the Cole family, 
you know, a sense of meaning or, you know, that they meant something. It is it is reassuring to him and he he owes his his life to her, not just because like, you know, you know, they're now in the royal uh, the royal guard or something, but like it made it made him feel special. That's what I'm trying to say. He, she made him feel special, and that's what I like about it. Um, and oh my god, that scene when she just came back to um to the event, which is um, they called the hunt. Um, I'm not gonna talk much about the hunt because I I don't find that you know very interesting. But but the fact that you see her in blood after dealing with the boar and she's all nasty i was like oh look look at the princess she is she is not clean at all and like you know see her the, the fact that she is you know headstrong or like you know some sorts with Kristen cole as well I, i'm sure that Kristen cole and rhaenyra might you know have some sort of fling or relationship but who knows i i just love the chemistry between them like, you know, he simply listened to her, you know, despite like, you know, he, he didn't force her to go back to the festival or the hunt or something, but he respected her. And I feel like that is, you know, I feel like that's wonderful to see. And I love how it's they're not forcing a relationship too. they're taking their time and to see, like, you know, have everyone see Rhaenyra covered in blood after killing a boar, you know. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. Overall, even though it wasn't my favorite episode, but after talking about it, it I feel like episode one and um three might be tied. But man, um, I will give it a nine. I think last week I gave it a nine point five uh, for episode two. I'll give it a nine out of ten. This is still a good episode. I, I love this show so much. Like, it, it's so interesting. And this is why I, you know, had the criticism for Game of Thrones. I'm one of those people who, you know, I tolerated the the final season. But what I liked about it is they did not beat around the bush. They just, like, kept it going. Now, some people did not like the result, and people hated for it. And I get it. But I like the pacing. I like the pacing. And there is still... And what I like about King Viserys is, like, I'm... I'm tired of this politics bullshit. Just let me, like, you know, enjoy this day. <laughs> I find it funny. So, yeah, overall, I'll give this score a 9 out of 10. What a solid, good episode. And I can't wait to look forward to um, uh, episode 4. I can't wait. All right, let's move on to the next topic. So I will be talking about She-Hulk episode four. This is going to be a spoiler discussion. Once again, just to be clear, this is going to contain some spoilers and all that stuff. I might not be able to like, you know, discuss like, you know, Easter eggs and all that stuff. I'm just going to give my initial thoughts, mostly because like I'm getting tired of like <laughs> taking notes while I'm trying to enjoy a show. But but this is what I've recollected so far. So. We have Jen. Um, all I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to recollect as much as possible. But um, we have this this guy named Johnny Blaze. Um, I think that's what uh, his name is. Let's see, Johnny Blaze. I wonder if he is. Um, I wonder if he is. Uh, oh, not Johnny Blaze. 
<laughs> um, Don, uh, Donnie Blaze. So I keep forgetting, like, uh, Johnny Blaze is, is supposed to be Ghost Rider. <laughs> but anyways, Donnie Blaze. Donnie Blaze is, like, you know, some mock-up magician. Um, like, a, like, a cut-rate magician, if I should say. Um, but he does have some, like, you know, some actual magic powers. So um, Wong noticed that he is using the music of uh, the, the music, the magic for the wrong reasons. And so he went to She-Hulk for help. I uh, went to Jen and see if there's any legal thing that, you know, that they could do. But the problem is, is that there is no contract whatsoever. Any paperwork saying that um, Johnny Blaze is not supposed to do any magic of that sort. But because there is not any, uh, like, because there's insufficient evidence, the things have to be, po uh, you know, postponed and all that. So I'm not going to get in. Uh, the thing about this whole Donnie Blaze thing was like, eh, I'm not, you know, entirely enjoying it. But I will say um, the girl that, like, he basically put in dimension for, like, he basically put someone in dimension. Uh, what's her name? Madison. And I forgot. <laughs> She's basically a, your typical party girl. She's your typical party girl, likes to get drunk. And that's why she's uh, at that uh, magic show. Because she's just like, woo, I don't care if like, I'm here. I'm just like, she's just right there just to have a good time. And I think, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like her character. <laughs> Because she plays it so well of the typical party girl. And the fact that she was like, you know, sent to through a different dimension, barely phased her. She was like, it was fine, but it was also scary, but it was also fun as well. And this demon and Jake or like, you know, something like that. It was just so funny. Like the actress who played her, she was just so funny. Um, And I know a lot of, a lot of, internet commenters are going to be like this is degrading women and all that stuff like take the joke take the joke of what like think about the context of this show this is a sitcom show this is not supposed to be like this whole good message of like uh, of just like empowering women women are better than that or also like just just in enjoy what the show is trying to you know not really say, but like, you know, what they're trying to do in this show. And I get it. I get it. There is a lot of falsehoods. You know, there's going to be some stereotypes in this show. But like, think of the context of the show. What it means or what this show is actually about. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. There are some tropes that they're going to fall into this. And the same thing about She-Hulk wanting to get like, you know, be on dating apps or something like that. <laughs> She's on dating apps, like, you know, just like, you know, most people, like, you know, I, I fall for that as well. And, um, being on these awkward dates or something like that, it's like, these things happen. And like, you know, because like, you know, for, uh, a character like she Hulk, um, well, not necessarily because she is she Hulk, but like, like anybody, anybody would like to get into, you know, in the dating world on the side she's trying to find like what i like is like she's trying to find some way of being normal if you know what i mean that is try that that is her way of 
you know, trying to get uh, be normal. And what I've noticed is what I like about it is <laughs> there's a scene, right? She just hooked up with this guy and and then she had a good time. But she, she's putting herself as She-Hulk in her, they call it matcher. Um, but like, I guess they can't use Tinder or whatever, but they got matched and then he's just like, I want to hear about you, you know, want to hear about what you're going through. And then, and it's like, like, you know, he seems like, you know, very sweet, very like, you know, engaging, like, and then when like, you know, Jen woke up and she's in human form and then he was like, oh, oh, like, you know, it's like. It's like you're not as like, you know, who I imagine or something like that. And what I for some reason, I, I took that to heart of like, wow, like guys could change. Maybe women can change as well that like they could appear as like, you know, very caring and understanding. But, you know, people change that quick. And I'm like, oh, damn, that is real. You know, and especially like the scene of her going on multiple dates. It's just like that's how. I'm sorry, but like some guys are like that and some girls are like that as well. Being flaky or not being like, you know, genuine or just like, you know, like the dating world is just so weird. But anyways, but anyways, we're going back to um, I do want to talk about the incident when like Donnie Blaze opened a portal and then these demon flying things, these goblins, these creatures. And then Wong was just like, I need your help. <laughs> like, I like how Wong even like he's a Sorcerer Supreme, but he still needs She-Hulk's help, like, you know, to defeat these creatures and all that. So we get a little bit of more. We're stepping into more little like fight scenes per episode. Um, We're getting into we're getting into that a little more and more. And, um, what I like about, uh, <laughs> what at the end of the day, after, even though they stopped all the goblin stuff, sending them back to their dimensions, um, and I like how Jen, she talked to Donnie Blaze, like, this is your fault. Okay. So please, you know, sign this agreement that you will not be doing this or sort of, sort of thing. I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but. But after that, I what at the end of the day, what I love about the post credit scene is like Wong just made a best made a friend, and that is Madison, because <laughs> Madison ended up, um, portaled to his loft and just just talked about this like the Sopranos, and what I loved about it is like she just spoils like the Sopranos <laughs> for Wong, and but still it's so nice that Wong. That's what he does in his spare time, like watching TV. He's not just protecting, you know, protecting the universe and all that. He's just a, like, at the end of the day, he's just a guy that, you know, likes to watch TV and, um, and gets like, you know, jobs on the side. Wong is, Wong is awesome. And like, I love how Madison will call her Wongers. Like, and I was just, <laughs> I love their friendship. I love it so much. And I think it's so sweet that, you know, they could have that relationship. Um, overall, um, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I think this is just another episode where it's just, it hasn't gone to the lore more of like, oh, what's coming up next or something like that. Um, but we did, 
we did have an ending where Titania is like 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 suing She Hulk for the trademark of the name. So that is like I love how Jen is just like, oh, what a good, what a way to a boring way to end this episode. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is so boring. <laughs> um, I love how they're self aware of like how boring it's you know you know ending up or whatever or like how it ends and so i love how the self-awareness like they just know where this show is at at the moment so yeah i kind of like that um overall i would give this hmm, a 6.5 yeah i i think a 6.5 out of 10 um but i enjoyed the episode i enjoyed what i've seen but but yeah i i just i just think that you know it's actually no i'll I'll change it i'll give it a seven i'll give it a seven out of ten it was a solid episode not the best but not the worst you know actually there hasn't been any worse i think they're just like they're putting out some good content i just think that um it's not as mind-blowing as people thought and that's okay and that's okay all i know is i'm enjoying this episode or enjoying this show so far so yeah, I'm looking forward to episode five next week. So yeah, all right, let's get on to the main topic. Oh, actually, no, not the main topic. You just yeah, we'll be talking about Rings of Power. My apologies. So we'll be talking about Rings of Power in just a bit. So for the Rings of Power episode three. Here are some my initial thoughts on it. And once again, spoilers are, are like some spoilers. So I'm not going to go in. But I'm not going to go into full details because one, I am going to get so lost and I'm going to be I don't want to confuse myself and ramble what it means. But I think episode three is probably my favorite so far. And the reason why is because I feel like they are keeping up the pace. I feel like episodes one and two was all about you know exposition and just like it felt pretty slow and i felt like there wasn't much to go around um there is a lot of you know poetic moment like and there are some poetic moments and when me when i mean by that is like you know the slow-mo stuff um for example in this episode there was a um horseback riding scene with um the sea uh the sea captain or forgot his name um and a galadriel heading to this um elvish like you know like kind of like a a citadel slash library sort of thing and there's this horseback riding scene where it's just so slow and you could tell she's really enjoying it obviously and because it's in slow-mo but that's where the budget went so i guess they're trying to you know make it feel like more lord of the rings that like you know the slow-mo stuff and like that's what makes it special i mean i mean granted um even though like i felt like that was kind of unnecessary but it's still a beautiful scene um what i love about this episode like i said it feel like it kept uh, keeping up the pace and i feel like there's i feel like there's more energy if you if you know what i mean for example um aaron deer um being captured by orcs into the southlands um they're forced to do work and it's like um and it's basically a prison um like a prison escape um 
you know, situation. And I, at first I thought I was going to be pretty annoyed by it, but like, it was actually pretty cool. And you get to see Aaron do his like, you know, fighting skills, um, fighting skills, like, you know, <laughs> like doing these flips and stuff. Um, and then just, you know, just doing like fighting orcs. And I, I kind of like that. Um, so that scene was cool. Um, I also liked, um, Galadriel's conviction of like, you know, just trying to leave, um, trying to leave, but also she learned something while being, cause so basically, um, Halbrand and Galadriel was captured by mortals. Um, I thought like, you know, who is the man in the cape? He was a mortal, uh, sea captain, um, from Numeron. Uh, I, I forgot. I'm trying to like for I'm trying to remember names now. See that's the see that's the thing about Lord of the Rings. There's so many names I'm trying to remember and I just can't re remember. But anyways, the fancy city. <laughs> the fancy city. Um and then and then after that the mortals are very skeptical because Galadriel is an elf. Uh it seems there's like def definitely a lot of tension, a lot of history of um and people are like very skeptical because the um the elves started the war back then to to battle Morgoth, so that was like I kind of like the the vibe of that, like you know the tension of it. But also I like how Galadriel found herself slightly comfortable while Halbrand was like, "Oh, this is paradise. This is this is for me." And but he want and he wanted to get a blacksmith um job. But he couldn't because he needed some kind of special pin. So he's trying to get all these guys drunk. And uh, I find that pretty funny. But it still didn't work. And and what I liked about it is um, is, is after, like, you know, he's trying to get them drunk. And then there's this fight scene, the Halbrand and some some guys who have, like, the golden pin. Um there was this cool fight scene, which is like, like, oh, this guy has moves, but also, it it was slightly Game of Thrones-ish, slightly like, uh, almost like if you if you if you change the color grading or like if you change the brightness, if it like was a little more dark, you could have told me this is a Game of Thrones episode, <laughs> um, because there was like a headbutt on the concrete, you know, concrete wall, and I was just like, oh shit, there's there's blood here, I forgot. It was like, oh, damn. Like, I, that's why I, I, don't get me wrong. Um, don't get me wrong. That's not what makes this show great. Um, it's just like the pacing, it escalated. And I like that a lot more. So, so yeah. And I was surprised about, um, and I want to go back to Aaron Deer as well, um, doing those flips and stuff. And like, it felt like, borderline game of throne ish and there, there's blood um he sliced this dog orc thing <laughs> like and there was blood in, and blood in there as well so there it was a little bit game of throne ish but what i liked about this episode is um is the the discovery of who halbrand is and there's this like this famous insignia and that's why gladriel i I think that's why they put her in this ep uh, episode in terms of like going to this library and finding this uh, insignia um, insignia besides like, you know, that Sauron is out there or like, you know, the map of the Southlands or something like that. But 
she gets to learn more about Halbrand because he wears like this insignia, like, you know, this symbol of like, you know, high honor. And it really, it is, it is known that in terms of nobility in lineage, Halbrand is technically a king, um, technically a king, uh, and, um, in leading an army and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, damn, no wonder he fights so good. But also, like, it adds more weight. It adds more weight to the character of Hal Brennan. I'm actually interested in him more. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, I like uh, Galadriel and all that stuff. But but I think that was the most interesting part about this episode is Hal and exploring who he is. And, and I can't wait to see that. My least favorite parts are the Harfoot stuff. Um, mostly because I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of the character Nori. It, there's this, I, I kind of don't like characters. I feel like, oh, I feel special. Like, you know, there's a reason why either I'm been chosen or like, but I like how they address like, and the, I don't feel special, but this guy who fell from the stars, he could be special. And what I liked about this episode is I, I remember last week I did say about you know, the name Oren. I only said the word Oren because it was show featured on Wikipedia or like Wikipedia. Thing. Oh, yeah, it's not facts. It's never going to be facts, <laughs> Wikipedia. But some people said that this could be Gandalf. Some people might say this is Gandalf. And I'm like, okay, I'm more interested in this story because if this is Gandalf this would be pretty huge but the reason why I wasn't so much of a fan of like the Harfoot stuff is Nori is I I get it there is this wonder of like you know something's out there I like you know when I put once I put my mind into it I can't like you know I can't unfocus or something like that but she was trying to do everything she could to get her to, you know, meet her ends, even manipulating her friend, Poppy, who was saying that, like, hey, like, you know, please stop this. Like, you know, I, I don't want to do it. And then she said, like, oh, do you want me to tell you some embarrassing stories, you know, like about you? So shut up or something like that. And like, I was like, really, Nori, you really want to do that to your friend? You know, she's trying to help you, and all of a sudden, you're just like, you know, like blackmailing her. And I'm like, I don't like, I, I, I don't like her character as much. But, but yeah, overall, I'll give this episode an eight out of ten, or eight point five out of ten, mostly eight out of ten. It is a good episode, and I'm looking forward to episode four. All right, moving on to the final topic. So, for our final topic, we'll be discussing, or I will be discussing, Spider-Man No Way Home. The more fun stuff edition, fun version, whatever. <laughs> the extended version. The extended version of Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, um, once again, there is going to be spoilers. If you have not seen No Way Home or the fun version, I suggest, you know, you know, probably not look at this uh, not look at the spoiler um talk, but but anyways, I think that here are my here are my my previous thoughts or what are my previous notions or what I would be I was looking forward to I wanted to see more Toby and Goblin I um there was a scene deleted scene um I don't know if it's real but it was a set footage or a set um image 
of Green Goblin, um, Green Goblin, the the newer version of Green Goblin, and um, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. Now, I wanted to see that, but I guess they couldn't, um, have that. I think it's because there was a scene where like it's they have all their masks, you know, you know, pulled out already. So it wouldn't make sense if like, you know, because in the image, um, Toby had still his had his mask on and it was Green Goblin like and, and them doing the fighting. So I wasn't so sure how it's going to be played out, but um, that didn't happen. Um, but but what I did wanted, um, what I hoped it would be was more Toby and Andrew, even though it wasn't too much. It was still nice to see because the dialogue between Toby and Andrew. I don't think uh, t uh, Tom had more lines. No, I, I think his lines stayed the same, but it was more Toby and Andrew talking. And it was so sweet. And um, it's the same sort of conversation of like, you know, you have ever had a web block. And then but there, there's this one. <laughs> there was one line that Andrew said. Uh, Andrews Peter, um, Peter three said, uh, "Man, I I, I really want to like." They're talking about, uh, you make web fluid in your body or something like that. Like, does it come out of your wrist or like, does it come anywhere else? <laughs> it's all in the wrist. And then Andrews like just like just want to say like, "Oh, I I I really want to see the holes in." <laughs> And then Toby's face was just like he was opening his eyes, was just like, hmm, what? <laughs> I want to see those holes. <laughs> that that line killed me. But I, people are gonna be probably annoyed by this, but but there are some more scenes. There's a lot of Betty Brant scenes. I was so surprised. I was, you know what? I wasn't sure. That they're going to, um, I didn't know they were going to do that, but it was funny. I loved it. I loved it. Um, you get to see Peter, uh, what we saw in the theatrical version, we didn't see much of Peter's life, like, you know, like deteriorating, um, in high school because, um, we, we didn't see much of the struggle. We only saw like all those cameras at him and then it was like cut to, the rooftop scene but but what i loved about uh, this version the fun version is we get to see the struggle of like him having to cope with this you know fame now he has this like you know unwanted fame everybody knows who he is and then people are acting around him differently um there is this like this interview <laughs> there's this interview that betty brant um, had with like you know teachers um uh with the teachers and then flash and like you know uh with uh with ned and it was just so uh it was a funny scene <laughs> ned was talking to betty and was just like it was so awkward but they're still you know pretty flirtatious with each other but <laughs> like it, it was it was kind of cute um and then like flash is talking about <laughs> i love flashes and scenes of like <laughs> just acting like he's peter's best friend it was it was so funny and then i 
Martin Star Martin Star's um like character as a teacher, him talking about <laughs> just talking about his wife leaving. I was like, bro, you need to go to therapy very soon. It was so funny. Uh, I could relate to that, but still, it was so funny. Um, Martin Star, like he's what a character man like he he really he really brought it and um and there was also another scene of peter in uh pe and the pe teacher is just like you know like a very skeptic like he's very skeptical of peter now now that he knows that uh he knows who he is um now he they're making peter climb on the walls <laughs> climbing on the walls um and it's like climb that wall climb that wall <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and they're just like awestruck that peter could do this and it was it was fun it was funny but i also felt for peter peter did not want to do this he he felt like uh he was being put on a show and um and lastly i think I think what I liked about the, this scene is some people are going to complain about, we didn't ask for this. We want more Toby and Andrew. And we did. But I, what I liked about it is the, um, is the, uh, what's it called? The journey of him in school, just like, you know, trying to fit in once again, or finding some middle ground and all that. And also we did get some more Charlie Cox. Um, we seen, I have a scene with uh, Matt Murdock and happy in the, you know, not really in court, but like, you know, just talking about how just the logistics of the things with like the Stark tech and stuff. And then, and then, um, Matt Murdoch, uh, whispered to happy, you better stop sweating. Like, how do you know that? Or how do you do that? Like, Oh, he, he said like happy, happy said, how do you do that? It's like, how can, how can Matt Murdock tell that he's sweating when he's blind? And I think that is awesome to address. Overall, I think, I mean, the film, like, we already know what happens in the film. I think uh, there is more dialogue between Peter and Peter and MJ. I think she said, I prefer me forgetting. Um, I prefer you forgetting about me than than uh, me forgetting about you and that's heartbreaking and again once again those feelings it, it really tied with me and all that so overall i think this film I, I gave it this film 10 out of 10 last year um and now that i evaluate the thoughts i'm still giving this film like a 9 out of 10 this film is a 9 out of 10 actually no the theatrical version is a 9 out of 10 this the fun version is a 9.5 i think it just adds layers to it and oh my god the post credit scene it is funny but it's also sad but because of peter is cut off from those memories we see the memories from no way home and all that stuff so no way home i don't know no way home uh, far from home and homecoming so overall this film i'll give it a 9.5 out of 10 so yeah Anyways, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, click follow whatever podcast services you are listening to this to. Share this podcast to anyone you know. It really means a lot. It really helps a lot. And until next time, so long. Farewell. Take care. Bye-bye.